0: Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines
1: running. Commit. Lift off. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside Doug McCary, coming to you live this Tuesday afternoon here in Jacksonville, Florida. And it is a, a glorious day. If you are in Jacksonville. Um we have a lot of good days in Jacksonville, but this would this would definitely say not this is, rank. a, nice this is a ranking day if that's yeah. possible. Thanks for our listeners all over uh the country, whether you're in Virginia Beach or in Saint Augustine or in Folkestone, Georgia, or Meridian, Mississippi, your home stomping grounds there, Douglas. Yeah. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I uh you know, I was, I've been struck. I told, I don't know. I I think I mentioned it yesterday. One of uh, a guy I've known a long time who has taught me a lot about ministering in crisis. We worked together on the Billy Graham rapid response team. He was actually a teacher trainer, a mentor to a lot of young guys that were being trained to do that. Because, you know, after a disaster, you go in and you're dealing with people who are trauma victims and it's real easy to manipulate those people. And we don't want to ever do that with anybody with the gospel. You want to go in there and be Christ's hands and feet, but you also want to be aware of trauma people. So it it, it wouldn't matter if you were Mormon, um, uh, Jehovah's Witness or whatever, you know, flavor mm-hmm. you want to say that's not true biblical Christianity <laughs> Uh, they're going to latch on to whoever's caring for them. So you want to be careful to understand that as you go in. It's not that God can't use that in their life, but you just want to be prepared. So he helped train us how to be Christ's presence in crisis, and he's struggling right now with health conditions, mm-hmm. and, and it's just sad. Um, uh, I was just talking to him, and I just found out today Michael Heiser, who is um, he's an American uh, Old Testament scholar. Uh, and he is, um, he, he, I, I, I may not agree with some of his things, mm-hmm. uh, but he has done a lot. Um, uh, he, uh, was a distance learning professor at Liberty University and at Midwest Baptist Theological uh, Seminary. Uh, he's done a lot with uh, Faith Life, you know, Faith Life sure. through Logos. Yep. And, uh, just found out today that he is, uh, He's got pancreatic cancer, and we know Gil Smith, one of our good brothers who passed, uh, Ross Carrier passed right. on that. It, it, it is pancreatic cancer is a tough thing. So remember to pray for Michael Heiser, um, and, uh, you know, he, he got his M.A. in ancient history from the University of Pennsylvania. Isn't that crazy? Ancient history. And then got his PhD in the Hebrew Bible and Semitic languages. So he's got a lot of good stuff out there on the Hebrew stuff Hmm. and uh, the context, which you know I'm always big on, just going to Israel and stuff. So uh, remember to pray for him. Pray for my good friend Jonathan as well. And uh, pray for Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, John MacArthur uh, was in the pulpit a, a few weeks ago, and um had some things going on and so he had surgery uh on his heart uh to repair that and he's kinda resting now and under and so we wanna we wanna keep him lifted up. These these guys have been faithful uh, teachers of the word, faithful guys uh, and um we just wanna remember them. I I promise, Brad, when I look around I just see all these these leaders who were older, and it's just sad to me. I think about John Mazel, a guy mm-hmm. who's been a great mentor in my life, yeah. uh, Bud Tool, another guy. Th- these people who are really uh, God's bringing close to the horizon for them, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to bring them over into the church victorious. And, and we're
1: not lifting them up uh, necessarily. I, mean, I was thinking about R.C. Sproul, oh yeah. died in the six years that we've been doing SWAT radio but just that they have been courageous, uh, biblical men who have been bold in teaching the word. Yes, and we celebrate that. Uh-huh. And uh, you know we we need <clears throat> we need more of those kind of men.
2: Yes. Um, uh, well, I um, I I I just it's sad to me that there's kind of a passing and and but I'm encouraged uh, when you see guys like Owen Strand coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the other. Uh, guys um, that we've had on Chamberlain, uh, a pastor up in uh, North Carolina. Um, uh, and so there, there's some good guys out there that God is raising up. I think of Trey Brunson, you know, another young leader. Trey's at uh, the Church of 1122, and he's, he, you know, there's good guys that God is raising up. Uh, and I, I just, but it is sad to think about some of the passing. You <clears throat> think about when how Joshua felt when Moses was going away, Mm -hmm. or or even these disciples we've been studying about when Paul's saying, you know, you'll never see my face again, and it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just...
1: I think that's there's so much in the text that we're looking at over the last few weeks. There's always things that God has for us, but even in these last uh, few weeks, few chapters of Acts that we see Paul running the race with endurance Mm -hmm. I mean you think about as you scale as your life begins to wind down in some ways whether it's a diagnosis that might be terminal Mm -hmm. or you may just be getting old what does it say about the old man who's still running hard Mm -hmm. you know I think about MacArthur I think about R.C. Sproul Stephen Lawson Mm -hmm. Stephen's not that old but but you think about those guys who faithfully exposit the Word of God week after week after week. Their ministries are not tainted mm-hmm. with um, scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, they're faithful, faithful men.
2: Yeah, and
1: and and yeah, I think Doug, there's a lot of young uh, pastors out there that are kind of following those footsteps, and we should be, we should, you know, uh, be thankful for those men.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, and pray for them. Pray that God would uh, protect them and keep them faithful to the text and to the calling on their, on their life. Um, you know, Brad, just a quick kind of scan of what's going on in the world. You know, it was funny. We were talking about yesterday about the whole vax thing. I don't know if you saw the FAA changed some of their medical requirements. <clears throat> Uh, they have a heart test um, that they, if you're going to be an FAA employee, mm-hmm. a guy who's directing traffic, you have to meet certain standards, and um, they made a change in EKG requirements in December, um, and uh, it's it's interesting because it's involving the PR interval, interval of the EKG. And that represents the time it takes for an impulse to travel from one part of the heart to another. And and it's pretty much an indicator of heart health. The new normal for pilots, this is pilots who are going to fly you on an airplane in American Delta, United, whoever is 50% longer than the previous limit. It deviates from the long accepted limits in cardiology and, and, People are, are fearful that, uh, ex, you know, just expanding that limit in the flag that it throws up hmm. could endanger not only the pilot's health, but the passengers that are on the plane. Well, ultimately, that
1: is what they're there
2: for. Well, especially if you look around, Brad, there is a rise in cardiac arrest. And sudden deaths in the last two years of people that are in the twenty-five to forty-five uh, age range. Yeah,
1: you you mentioned that yesterday, and I'm I don't know if I was distracted. Um, what was it you were saying? So you're saying in this certain age bracket, we're not talking about just death. No, no, no. We're, we're talking, talking about cardiac, cardiac arrest,
2: cardiac arrest, and yeah. stroke death or micro, you know, mini strokes, whatever. Um, th- there's been a significant rise in deaths in the 25 to 45 age range and a lot of people are concerned with this FAA change because pilots across the board were threatened with job loss if they didn't take the vaccine and the boosters. And so when you listen, when you just look at all of it and and we don't trust the government anyway. People are stopped trusting the government a long time ago. Uh and you really
1: why, why, why would that be? Well,
2: the whole thing is we're just we're in an age where nobody knows who's telling the truth about anything. Yeah, yeah. And and that's sad, whether it's the medical people, whether it's government agencies. But I just, I, I thought that was interesting that they put that out there. Uh, that, that I mean, this is not something that is conspiracy theory. They really did change that. Right. right. So uh, um, also, I don't know if you saw this, that uh, in Texas, out in um, the Dallas area, there was a uh, 46 people arrested in a a kind of a trafficking prostitution thing out there Hmm. and the headline was that a youth pastor was one of the ones arrested now there were a lot of people arrested there were 46 of them but they picked him out why why do they single out a youth pastor Hmm. i mean there there were other people that were uh, arrested uh, in that thing. A football coach was arrested. They don't say, they didn't say, they said a youth pastor was yeah. the one that headlined the article. Yeah. And I
1: don't, I, I feel like in some ways I don't mind them doing that because we should look at a pastor. Oh, we should. At, at a different level, uh, a different standard. I, I don't like that they isolate that. In a sense, you feel like they isolate that individual to say, you know, to, to diminish. The ministry of some kind.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm not either. My question, though, is why would they highlight that? Because there's an expectation. That's right. That if you are a pastor. Uh, and by the way, we're all priests. That's right. We all should be. Above reproach. That's that's, right. that's that's the calling on our lives. Are, do we fall? Yes, we do. But I just found it interesting that the paper highlighted yeah. that over yeah. a football coach or over uh, like a banker or some other people. Right, right. Um, yeah. So anyway.
1: Mm. It shouldn't break our heart either way. Yes. No matter what. It's terrible. But, uh, so. Hey, we're glad you joined us today here on SWAT Radio. If you're new to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Stay tuned. We'll advance truth when we come back.
0: We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives.
2: They say sometimes you win some sometimes you lose some and right now right now I'm losing bad stood on this stage night after night reminding the broken hey good
1: afternoon all right and welcome to SWAT Radio Brad Sykes and Doug McCarry. Coming to you live from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. We're glad you've tuned in. We are this week, actually yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we will be looking at Acts chapter 20, verses 13 through 21, specifically looking that God calls us to remember his servant Paul. And first of all, we looked at yesterday to attain his desire to serve the Lord humbly. That's kind of Paul's motivation and today we're going to look at this idea of appropriating his devotion, a surrendering to the Lord with
2: all that we've got. And that's Paul's master, of course. W- would you think anybody could contest that Paul was a devoted disciple? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's, there's, uh, I, f- I don't think you'd find anybody that would argue that
2: point. I, I've shared this before in several of the SWAT meetings that there's nobody— that I know, including John Monger, who's probably been the only one I personally know who's been beaten for sharing the, the gospel, who's gone through all the things Paul went through. I mean, from the shipwrecks to the beatings to the stoning uh, to the—he I mean, went through the ringer, and he continued to, to proclaim the gospel because— He knew that's why he was here. He knew that was his purpose. And, you know, yesterday we talked about Paul's desire to serve the Lord humbly. And um, I asked the guys at SWAT, what motivates you when you get out of bed in the morning? Paul was motivated to share the gospel. He was motivated to serve the Lord. And we talked yesterday about how Paul is calling the Ephesian elders I promise you, Paul had already shared these things with them. Mm -hmm. He spent three years there. He he had talked to them, but now he's leaving and he's telling them, listen, I'm not going to see anymore. And so he's kind of giving them this message that's recorded for us, and he's going over these things that are so important to leadership. Brad, is leadership important Mm, in just about every arena? Absolutely. I mean, if you don't have good leaders, you've been out in the business world. What happens if you don't have leadership? Yeah, it's going to fall apart. And it's the same in any organization, any group. If left to group mob rule without good leadership – there's there's going to be breakdowns and you're going to have chaos, chaos confusion and so paul calls the <laughs> elders listen by the way if you want to look you can go to second timothy or titus and see the qualifications to be a leader and both both little uh lists there above reproach would be one of them mm-hmm. and uh, what that means is it's not that you're saying you're perfect yeah it's but it's this idea that you you have realized that your life is set apart to follow the one true living God, and that that you do that and you carry that responsibility with weight, and so yeah. when you blow it, you're not blatantly blowing it with these blatant overt sins that you don't you just blow off. God's word. Yeah. Um you, you know you you care about what God's word says, you want to follow God's word and you live a quote blameless life in the sense that people don't look at your life and go, "You know what? I don't know how Brad calls himself a Christian because he does this." Yeah. And they immediately <clears throat> that's what they think of. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Job in the Old Testament who was blameless, you think about Daniel, you think about Noah. These men were called blameless. It is not saying they were perfect. There was no perfect right. people except for Jesus. Right. But these were men whose whose desire was to attain to the standard that God has set. Yeah, yeah. Well, I
1: think you know you mentioned this yesterday. This is Paul's uh, sermon to the church, and yeah. and it, I think it's interesting that verse eighteen it says, and when they came to him, he said to them. You yourselves know how I lived among you. Mm-hmm. I've got that highlighted because it doesn't matter what I say. What matters is how I live in relation to what I
2: say. That's right. And that, and Paul said, hey, um, he goes, you know, look at how I lived among you. Yeah. He was very consistent in the way he lived. His message and his life matched up. There's, mu- there's nothing more disheartening, Brad, than when you— hear a message from somebody, and then you witness them going against what that message says or against that value, That that is just discouraging. It makes you never want to follow well, that and, person or and listen that, to them again. That
1: was kind of your point somewhat uh, last week, and we were talking about examining that we – listen, it, it, Doug, you and I are good enough friends that if you say something behind that mic or – at the pulpit tomorrow on Wednesday, but I see something different in your life. A good friend's going to address that. A good
2: follower of Jesus is going to say A-a- it too, absolutely. right? I mean, you, yeah. you don't even have to be friends if you're a believer and you know this person is a believer. Yeah. Right? Well, you're going to receive it from yeah. me well,
1: I, because of the love I have for you. And I think Paul is laying out this whole mo- I think it's just a model for how we are to serve Christ. Yeah. You know, he, he starts off doing it you do it humbly. Yes. You know, you, you do it
0: faithfully. And you do you, it with you, tears. Absolutely. I, I mean compassion. you do it with
2: compassion. Yeah. I, I talked about that this morning and from the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter five, when he talks about the high priest, yeah. how the high priest kind of he, he is a high priest with compassion for yeah. those who blow it.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
2: well today we're only looking at one verse, Brad, verse twenty. <laughs> I think I can read that one. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 20 is really the only verse we're kind of pulling apart, but it has so much in it. And the whole idea of this text today is that God calls us to appropriate the devotion we see in Paul because we're imitating Paul as he imitates Christ. Mm-hmm. And what did Paul do? What was his devotion? He surrendered to the Lord because the Lord was his master. Yes. And he, he knew that. we, You and I live in a culture— we're, we're our own master. We're the captain of our own ship. We don't want to be under the leadership of somebody mm-hmm. else. And, and by the way, your pastors are not the leaders of the church. They're not the leader of their church. They're the under-shepherds. Jesus Christ, the elders aren't the leader. Jesus is the leader of the church. Yeah. The elders serve and hopefully ascertain his will— as they are his agents mm-hmm. to carry out his desires for that local church.
1: Yeah. I always appreciate the pastors who say, this
2: isn't my church. Yeah. This is Jesus's church. It is. And so, Brad, as we look at this text and keeping in mind this whole idea of appropriating his devotion, Paul's devotion in our life, we're asked God to help us with that. Read verse 20, and we'll we'll start getting into it. And then after the break uh, for the news, we'll we'll, we'll really kind of lay out some things about what what how do we see Paul's devotion manifested? Yeah, because you can yeah. say you're devoted, but if it's not really played out in your life, it's just empty words. Yeah.
1: Well, so. and I, I appreciate the word appropriate. It's yeah. to apply something. That's exactly. So right. let me let me start in verse eighteen, and then we'll I'll end at twenty it says and you yourselves know how i lived among you the whole time for the first time from the first day that i set foot in asia serving the lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the jews verse 20 how i did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable in teaching you in public and from
2: house to house yeah that that's huge there what he says how i did not shrink. I did not shrink. In other words, I didn't get afraid. I didn't get scared. I didn't dilute. I didn't, I was, I was faithful to be able to declare to you what, anything that was profitable. Now, do you remember another place in scripture where that word profitable is used? It's several places. Yeah. But one significant <clears throat> in relation to the word is 2 Timothy Timothy. 3. Yep, 3.16. Read 2 Timothy 3.16, because Paul, who wrote Timothy, is saying this. So when he uses the word profitable, he's used it, or he uses it in another letter, it gives you an idea, I believe, of what he's talking about shrinking from when he says anything profitable. Yeah, it says, All Scripture
1: is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction— and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be completely, that's verse 17,
2: equipped for every good work. Yeah. All scripture. Yeah. All scripture. So often, like I've talked to people, Brad, that, well, I just want to know what the words in red say. (laughs) I don't care about anything else in the Bible. Um, Just the words in red. Or, you know, I just want to focus on the new Testament. You know, if you go look in the Old Testament, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy three times when he was tempted or <laughs> tested, actually, by Satan. When he was tested by Satan. Um, and so the all scripture, Paul says, and what was the scripture back? When Paul was writing that to Timothy, he was referencing what? Old Testament. The Old Testament. Yeah. The Old Testament there. And so all Scripture is profitable. So Paul says, I didn't shrink from declaring to you anything. He says, in public and house to house, in front of big crowds and in front of small crowds, Mm -hmm. in front of a lot of people and one-on-one with somebody. I've taught you. I've been faithful to teach you and live it out. And so Paul was a bold steward of God's truth, and when you think about that, do you think God's truth rubs people the wrong way today? Uh, yeah, of course it does. <clears throat> We're especially, told in Scripture it's kind of especially in our culture, right? Yeah. yeah. Right now, if you tell people that God's Word uh, clearly talks about homosexuality as being a a a judgment from God for people who suppress the truth about Him. Mm. In Romans 1, they will get very upset with you. Yeah. If you talk to people about God's design, that he called them male and female, yeah. uh, He, it, it, there is no uh, it or they, or it's yeah. male and female.
1: Well, and I know we're going to get into it during the next segment, but what is it that causes Paul to have such boldness? And I was thinking about Romans 1, for right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power unto salvation. It's about the power.
2: That's exactly. And we know
1: we got the power. We'll proclaim it with boldness. That's right. So, hey, glad you joined us this afternoon here on SWAT Radio. If you are uh, not familiar with SWAT Radio, go to SWATRadio.com. You can check out all the past broadcasts we've done. If you haven't downloaded the app, do that now. Pass it on to others. We'll be right back after the
0: break. chose me there's always been a mystery on my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quite with all the never get it right but it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time because I'm just a nobody
1: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. We are glad you have tuned in. Again, SWAT Radio it stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, Doug and I, Monday through Wednesday, exposit the word, discuss it. Thursday, you have a guest on Thursday, and then Friday is kind of a recap, if you will, almost a discipleship model that uh, we do here on Fridays. And If you're unfamiliar with SWAT Radio, go to SWATRadio.com. One of the key things that we, Doug and I, both long to see is we want to see men engaged in knowing the Scriptures, studying Mm -hmm. the Scriptures. So we gather also at various locations around the city of Jacksonville uh, for Bible study. Mm -hmm. And what Doug and I are working through this week was actually taught last week. And, Doug, I know you're getting started tomorrow yeah. Moving on from uh, Acts twenty. Well, we're actually, well, actually twenty two. Yeah, yeah. We're we're still working <laughs> through yes, it. That's right. But uh, anyway, if you're if you're not plugged into a men's study, be it at your church or something else, uh, we're not a replacement for your church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we want to just encourage you to get around some other men who are gonna open the word of God together. And uh, so if you're if you if you're lacking that, go to SWATRadio.com click on the meetings tab, you'll see the various locations and the times that we meet, and we would we'd be thrilled to have you in person. But if you are not um, familiar with us, we're a live broadcast, you can call us at 84-777-7928. That's 84-777 SWAT. You can also email us with your questions and comments to ask
2: at Well, hey, um, you know, as we look at this one verse in Acts uh, 20, 20, actually, uh, this idea of Paul who did not shrink means he he really means he didn't back down, he didn't dilute um, the message because, let's face it, especially in our culture now, Hmm. God's truth rubs people the wrong way because... You know, um, Tommy Nelson one time was speaking on this, and he, he said there's three sources of truth. Human speculation, it's true because I think it or I say it as a human, mm. which I have no ability to really change anything, right? right. I don't determine truth. Can, do you know any human that can determine truth? No, because God can always override that human. The one being in the whole universe that has the ability to control every moment in every iota of hemisphere or geography is God. That person is the only one who really can, can dictate what truth is or isn't right. Uh, He can defy gravity. Do you know, Brad, that um, there was a lady one time who was on an airliner over Poland and a bomb went off on the plane. A terrorist set a bomb off. I think it was in the 70s, and this lady was the sole survivor. She fell five miles. She fell, like, out of the plane. Like, the bomb exploded. She came flying out of the plane. She was not uh, affected by the immediate blast, but the hole that opened sucked her out of the plane. She probably fell. knocked her unconscious. Yeah, she She fell. <clears throat> like miles of falling without a parachute went into the side of a mountain, a snow-covered mountain, broke almost every bone in her body, but she lived. Wow. Now, the only way that happens is that God ordains that that happens. Yeah. Like, that. so God determines truth. I mean, she defied every—I mean, to, there's no reason that woman— mm-hmm. I mean, think about all the— the things that had to happen. One, she didn't uh, had, had die from like just the exposure. Oh yeah, to the fall. The lack of a lack of oxygen. Yeah, and so it's amazing. But again, God's in charge of that. But we believe as humans that we can dictate truth. That's why it's so ridiculous in our culture right now when people say, "Well, you believe." you know, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. No, truth is truth. We don't get to determine uh, objective reality. Mm -hmm. The reality is I can tell you all day long if I throw my drink at you over there that it ain't going to hit you and spill all over you. I can say that, but the reality is if I throw it, it's going to spill all over you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the same ridiculousness to say that I, I, you know, I was born – Uh, in this body, but I'm really a female, even though my DNA, which can't be changed Mm -hmm. like to alter from a male to female is, is a male and the same with vice versa with female to male. And so, uh, the fact that we're stating that today and our government is changing it on forms, on policies, it's, it's so ridiculous, but that is human speculation, which takes us to the second source of truth. Tommy said, as institutions, uh, the government thinks that it can dictate truth. It can't. And now, it can do limited truth within the context of what it can try to enforce. But again, who's ultimately in charge? God is in charge. He can at any time uh, make that government's proclamation void by wiping that government off the face of the earth. Um, There's been many people like Hitler who thought he was going to enforce his truth on the world. And God said, no, it ain't going to happen. Other people, Pol Pot, uh, you know, mousy tongue, just pick, pick one. And so just because a government says it's true, doesn't mean it's true. What about a church or a denomination? Just because they say it's true, doesn't mean it's true. Mm. And, and let's yeah. face it. And I'm, I use this example, and there may be some people listening out there who may get upset. But the Catholic Church made some proclamations that have no biblical authority and no biblical basis. The yeah. the even the Pope does not get to override God's word. He can't. And and when he says something that is counter to God's word, which a pope back in the 1500s did when he said Mary was without stain of original sin. Listen, didn't Mary have a special relationship with Jesus? Absolutely. I'm not diminishing that. Right. But she had sin in her life. Right. The sin was not passed from man. uh, I mean, from woman to man. It was passed from man's seed into. That's why the Holy Spirit conceived jesus in mary and so jesus was without sin but god put jesus the son in the womb of mother mary and she carried him and she was special because she obeyed god and she carried and cared for jesus and there's a special relationship there but it doesn't mean that she didn't sin yeah god didn't pick her because she was sinless. no yeah no and he didn't make her sinless just because he picked her. Yeah. You know, the Bible's very clear. There is only one. The, the, the Bible says there's nobody righteous except for the sinless one, who's mm-hmm. Jesus. So uh, human speculation institutions, uh, even though they tend to be sources of truth, they're not sources of absolute truth. And, they,
1: and some of them have adopted the truth
2: from God's Word. Yes, well, they take it, some of them, right. and twist it. Absolutely. And Paul's going to warn about that uh, later in this chapter. But finally, the third source of truth is the Bible. Now, the Bible is God's truth as it relates to spiritual truth about him. If God's word says it, then it's true. You know, Brad, there has not been any archaeological or historical things that were mentioned in the Bible that have proven false. Every place that it says, all the history that took place has either been corroborated or um, authenticated by archaeology. In fact, did you know, Brad, that prior to the 1940s, that there was a growing movement to say that Pontius Pilate was not real? He He was just made up? He wasn't a real person, but in the forties, they found us an inscription. They uncovered an inscription in Caesarea maritime. Mm-hmm. Been with, there. <laughs> yeah. With his name. You remember that? Yeah. That they, sh- they have the replica there. The actual is over in a museum, but until they found that people denied that Pilate existed and a large amount of people believe that and, and, and so God's word speaks authoritatively about spiritual issues, about the things that it does mention, whether they're archaeology or history. And so we, we look at God's word as our source of authority. And so we, that means we don't have to shrink. We don't have to kind of cower and not tell the truth when it comes up, for instance, about the homosexuality issue or about the transgender issue, about marriage, about um, about the way a husband and wife should be uh, interacting with each other, about the way parents should interact with their kids, about the way we as believers interact. How do mm-hmm. we handle discipline? All those things, God's word is authoritative. And Paul says, I did not shrink back. Now, I want to give you an example. I know we got to go a break, but the Jesuits Went to China, and they went over there to reach these people in, in like, uh, the, I think the 1500s with the gospel. And they realized that the gospel was too offensive the way it was, so they diluted it. Hmm. And it was a disaster. It was a disaster because anytime you start diluting God's word, his truth, it is not going to go well. Because it's his truth. It's not ours to dilute. You know, you're, you're better off not to say anything than to not say the whole thing. And that's why Paul says later, hey, I preached to you the whole counsel yeah, of God. Right.
1: Well, and that's the importance of the gospel is that the gospel is good news, but it's only good news if you understand the bad news. Yeah. That, that you, you said for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, people don't want to be confronted with the reality and the truth that that declares. That declares that you're a sinful person. Yeah, and until you recognize your depravity, only then will you realize you need a, a, a savior. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, glad you've joined us this afternoon. Uh, call us during this last segment 777 SWAT. You can email us at at SWATRadio.com if you have questions or comments or concerns about anything we're talking about. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. Uh, We'd love to hear from you there as well. We'll be right back for the final segment.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
1: Traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight.
2: Touchdown in the coal black top, hold on for the sudden start. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Those
1: hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this afternoon. Beautiful afternoon in Jacksonville, and so grateful for it. I was telling David Gray this on Friday. You may have heard me, Doug. One of these days, we need to do this broadcast from the golf course ah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on days it, like this. Although, it, they, uh, you might be more entertained, I can tell you that, if we were out on the golf course. <laughs> it,
2: it was really nice out today. I was uh, outside. A while yeah, you, ago.
1: Were, you were at the range? Yeah, I was uh, out there with sweet. a
2: couple of guys, a couple of SWAT guys out there. And, uh, boy, it was really, really nice mm-hmm. out today. Good deal. So um, You know, it' was... It, so we're
1: talking about this idea that Paul says, I, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything profitable, mm-hmm. both publicly and privately. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like the, the part, the house to house, I love that idea. Yeah. That how many of us are going house to house? How many of us are engaging with neighbors uh, next to us, yeah. You know, I think so often. I don't know where this came from, Doug, but we have become much uh, safer. I guess it it's it's safer to invite somebody to church so they can be offended at church by the gospel, mm-hmm. than do you enter someone's house and share the gospel with them. Yeah, where'd
2: that come from? <laughs> I I don't know, but you know, uh, yeah, I, we were talking yesterday about it, and I or, or maybe it was last week. Yeah, I was talking, having a conversation with somebody who we were talking about, you know, pastors and leaders, not just teaching the, you know, the word, but also being involved in the lives of the people. And I, I do want to go back to that because I had this conversation and I, I I clarified with a person, the primary thing a shepherd does is feed the flock. If, if a shepherd isn't feeding the flock... Well, he cares for the sheep. Yeah, well, yeah he know. cares for them, but he does feed them. Uh, imagine a shepherd taking sheep from pasture to pasture and not letting them eat. Right, right. Or not taking them to where there's food. The whole point is, yes, he preaches, he teaches. That is an important part, but it's not the only thing. Mm. If he only does that, how does he protect them from the wolves? Yeah. How does he... How does he, you know, uh, care for them uh, and, and you know, know when they're hurt? You know, if he, if all he does is see all the sheep and not see them individually, mm-hmm. he's not going to know if they're hurt yeah. or if they're injured and how to protect them. Well,
1: you mentioned this, and we kind of started off the broadcast, is that we're all priests. Yes. It, it, to, to a certain extent, we're all pastors and shepherds. Uh, we, God has uh, sovereignly. placed people, maybe it's wife, maybe it's children, maybe it's grandchildren, maybe it's neighbors that we are shepherding and caring for. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, we we talked about, you know, big churches, it's very hard for a single pastor to shepherd, you know, 5,000 people, but there are under shepherds, there are those that you and I, in many, many ways, it's you and I who are out there
2: caring for the sheep. Yes, Um, and I I go back to what you were talking about earlier about this house-to-house. You know, that is such a great way to connect when you're going Um, house-to-house. When when you're going house-to-house, that's when you're able to put it into practice in front of people. Yeah. That's when you're able. You're not just telling them; you're actually living it out with yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that's tough. And
1: Paul says, "Preach the word. Be ready in season mm-hmm. and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. Complete patience and teaching." There's a lot in that one verse in Romans. Uh, I mean, Second Timothy four two. Mm-hmm. That that uh, if you've never shared the gospel. If you've never preached the good news, <laughs>
2: you,
1: you got to start practicing.
2: Yeah, and, and and Paul later, like I mentioned earlier, says the whole counsel of God. He doesn't skip over offensive yeah. text, texts that deal with giving. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who says, man, all the pastor wants to talk about is giving. I get that. Some pastors do. I understand that. But if he if you're teaching and you go through Corinthians and you hit the text in there about giving you you can't skip over that because some people get uncomfortable with it. You you got to address what does it say in the scripture? God loves a cheerful giver. It's more blessed to give than receive. Um it's it's not your money. It's all God's money. That's the big difference, you know. God doesn't just give you okay our, our whole attitude and I use this giving in relation to money time resources it doesn't matter we're all his we're his mm-hmm. our resources are his cuz we're his children we are we are part of what they call in Hebrew the betav the house of the father and the father determines how the resources are used you know brad we look at scripture and we think of the oldest son when the father dies gets all the resource he gets a double portion and we think wow he gets blessed because he's the firstborn because we look at it very individualistically no he got the double portion because he then had the responsibility when the father was gone to care for the rest of the group It wasn't just for his own benefit. That's why it was so offensive when the younger said, give me my share now, and he went and spent it on himself. He didn't care about those people. And that's why even with Esau, when Esau gave up his birthright, he was saying, I don't care about taking care of the rest of the family. I just want food in my stomach right now. Hmm. Uh, So this whole idea about God's word, it's all profitable.
1: Well, I was going to say. You, um, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, he he didn't shrink back from declaring anything, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about we're not just talking that Paul declared the gospel, but we know from earlier in Acts he spent two years in the halls of Tyrannus discipling these guys, mm-hmm. and you know so often we're fine just declaring the gospel and moving on, mm. when in reality. We should be engaging people so that we're disciples making disciples. Yes, and and teaching these. I mean, difficult text. Uh, I think I mentioned yesterday that Vic and I are memorizing Colossians three. Yeah, think about this. Colossians three five says, "Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you." How's this going to preach? <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm-hmm. Those are just – that's just one verse that he highlights sexual immorality, mm-hmm. impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness,
2: all of which we struggle with.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It, we, we, Wow. That's we, – we struggle with all those things, and a lot of times we don't like talking about those right. things and, because yeah. of the conviction it yeah, brings. Yeah, exactly. And, and we don't feel – Because we know we we ourselves struggle. Do you think Paul didn't struggle with some of this stuff? Absolutely he did. I mean, it's it's a
1: lot easier to preach on things you've struggled with, right? But, I mean, I'm thinking about the fact that he didn't shrink back. Look through all the letters. Mm. He addresses
2: issues like that. Yeah. Well, I think of uh, the Jesuits again. They compromised on the gospel over there, and it was a pretty – It was a pretty big blow to the ministry work over there. You can't compromise when we share God's truth. And by the way, we're all called to do it if you're his. If you're his, you're a priest or a priestess. And so you go, but wait, I don't have a church. Well, you have a family. You have people around you in your circle of influence. And you are to be a bold steward of God's truth, just like Paul does, because one day we're all going to stand before God and he's going to say, well, don't you know, my word says make the most of your time, uh, make, make the conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders. And I bring these people into your life and you never took the time to talk to them about me. You never took the mm. time to share my truth with them. And I, I it's hard. It's not easy, even for me. I, I struggle sometimes, Brad. you know it's it, you you want to shrink back, but I'm not getting beat for it. Paul got beat for it and he still did it. Yeah. He was run out of so many towns. Can you imagine being can you imagine just being run out of two or three towns? But then
1: going back to those towns, that's what kind of blows me away. I mean, yeah, we're not – we can go proclaim the word of God, you know, on the housetops. Jesus said, what I tell you in dark, say in the light, Mm -hmm. or what you hear whispered, proclaim it on the housetops. You and I can go proclaim it on the housetops, not not have to worry about it.
2: So how do we appropriate his devotion? Prayer and time with the Lord. You ask him, Lord – I struggle in this area. Help me. Lord, help me. Help me to be able to to be surrendered to you trustingly through these difficult times. I think of Michael Heiser. You know, here's a guy who's teaching God's word. He's here in Jacksonville, by the way. He lives here, and um, he teaches God's word faithfully. He gets pancreatic cancer, or like Gil, who— you know, Gil came to Christ, and he started growing in the Lord, and and he gets pancreatic cancer, and he walked all the way through that to the very end, faithfully mm. witnessing in awesome. the hospital and doing all that stuff. How do you get to do that? By asking, Lord, Lord, help me to be faithful. Lord, help me to surrender to you. Help me to appropriate the same devotion Paul had, because, Lord— He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ appropriated that same devotion to the Father when he said, Lord, uh, take this cup from me. Oh, not my will, but your will. It's okay if you don't like some of the things you're called to do. Nobody likes pancreatic cancer. Nobody likes walking through tough deals like that. But it's God who gives us the strength, and we ask him, help me, Lord not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. So
1: let's appropriate Paul's devotion. I can't help but think it where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let's do not be ashamed of it. It's the power and the salvation. Thanks for joining us today. Come back tomorrow. Doug and I'll work the way, work our way through the rest of that text. Until then, Doug, advance truth. Yeah. Be advanced
2: and see it swap.